I could imagine. And yet, as he goes after it all, he comes to the conclusion that except for a few basic things, now in those basic things are things that everyone can enjoy, whether you're rich or powerful or not. So he goes after it all, realizing just those few things, and everything else ultimately leaves him empty, like Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones saying, I can't get no satisfaction, especially from the stuff of this world. Today's text uh, naturally breaks into three movements, and so I want to give those to you right up front. Chapter 11, 7 through 8, uh, rejoice in the basic goodness of life. Then chap, uh, chapter 11, 9 through 10, a command, an emphatic command, rejoice in the days of your youth. Then chapter 12, 1 through 8, a command again, remember your creator in the days of your youth. Now, I just want to stop and emphasize that word remember, and we're going to come back to it again before we're all done here, because this word is so key in, in this text this, this morning, because it gives us a structure that makes our texts work together beautifully. So just to point out a few places, 11 verse 8, remember you're not getting any younger, okay? That's basic message there. 12 verse 1, remember your creator in your youth, and you're going to hear that again and again. And then 12 verse 6, since you're not getting any younger, remember your creator in the days of your youth, okay? Very simple, simple message today. The, the entire Bible is a book of remembering, Remember, you were created to have a relationship with the creator, with your creator, the Lord God, the maker of heaven and earth. That's the thing that matters most. Now, the way I said that, you might have just missed it. You were created to have a relationship with your maker, the Lord God, creator of heaven and earth. That's the thing that matters most. You need to hear that today more than anything else. Before the fall, Adam and Eve had no problem with this. The Bible uh, gives the sense that every day they had the opportunity to walk with God and to talk with God in, in the garden. Uh, when the Lord came in the cool of the night looking for them after they had sinned, uh, he couldn't find them in the sense that the Bible wants us to understand, not like God literally couldn't find them, but in the sense they were trying to hide from God. And ever since then, the problem with death has become a reality because life is God. Separation from God results in death. Hardship became a reality. Okay? Now, aging became a reality. Anyone want to boo or hiss there? Huh? Yeah. It became a reality, and mankind from that point on just continued to have a problem, or at least it seems, to have a problem with remembering. Seems to always forget. And so just a couple of examples of this. When God uh, commissioned Moses to lead the people out of their bondage in Egypt, to take them to freedom in the promised land, he said emphatically these words from Deuteronomy 8 verse 18, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives us power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. Then Jesus, when he commissioned the Lord's Supper, the communion, the first uh, communion, he said, do this in remembrance of me. Then Jesus again, before he ascended into heaven to be seated at the right hand of the Father, he said, lo, he said, remember, 
I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. So the purpose of the scripture is to spur us on in this business of remembering. You were created, as this song we sang a moment ago, for God's pleasure. And yet I would venture to say that's not a primary thought in your mind. Okay, because Satan at the temptation said, the only reason God doesn't want you to eat that fruit is because he knows that when you eat of it, you'll be like him. And that you'll be able to discern what is uh, between what, what, that which is good and that which is evil. That was the breaking point right there. And so go do your own thing because God doesn't have your best interest in mind. Okay, but that's a lie. It's a lie from the devil. Remember where it came from. You were created for his pleasure along with everything else. We have a tendency to forget. Remember your creator. So now we move to our text, 11 verse 7. Rejoice in the basic goodness of life. We have heard this over and over again in this teaching. This is the sixth time and the final time that we will hear it. Okay? Life is disillusion, disillusioning. It, it's a mist. It's a vapor. You can't grab a hold of it. So learn to enjoy some of the basic stuff of life. You don't need a bunch of stuff. Mark emptied it out this week. Just a few basic things that you can enjoy in life. So we see this right here in the text. Verse 7, light is sweet. And it pleases the eyes to see the sun. However many years anyone may live, let them enjoy. And, and that translates also rejoice in them all. But let them remember the days of darkness. For there will be many. Everything to come is meaningless. Everything is this vapor. So here we have this book that's given the reputation of being pessimistic, and we see these statements like, life is good, rejoice in every bit of it. It's a reminder because we have a tendency to forget things. We have a tendency to take things for granted. We have a tendency not to enjoy the present. We have a tendency to want to skip a few days and just live for the weekends, and in the process, miss much of life. We groan when the sun comes up in the morning, but the teacher says, love it. Light is sweet. Don't waste a minute of it. No matter how many years you live, rejoice in every one of them. And so then he gives us this little picture of the grave. He talks about this, this darkness. Um, you remember last um, October, end of October into November, you, you all sent Valerie and I to Israel, right? Yeah, and uh, we had this layover in Philadelphia. Um, it was a good half a day, and, you know, I'm a type of guy that if I'm catching a plane, I just want to be there ready to catch my plane. But I'm married to this woman who, I always have to pick on her all the more when she's not here. <laughs> they were celebrating her parents' 65th anniversary out in Syracuse, Kansas this weekend, and their float took first place. Yeah, yeah, right. And uh, where was I going with that? <laughs> Philadelphia. So she's like, you know, there's 
there's a train that goes from the airport to Old Town, Philadelphia. Why sit in the airport? Let's go see Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. I ain't moving. Well, I'm sure glad she got me to move. And so we got the tour of Old Town, Philadelphia. We even had a, a Philly cheesesteak. Yeah, yeah, it was great. But we had, we had a chance to see some of the old graveyards, right? And, and listen, if you do the math, those bodies have been in darkness a whole lot longer than those bodies ever saw a light, right? And, and this is the perspective of the teacher here, because in the Old Testament, they didn't have clarity as to the resurrection of the dead. So it's like you live life and then you go to the eternity, so you sit in the darkness for, for a long, long time. And so this is his observation right here, is you better enjoy your opportunity in the light. And this is the application we see. Since life is a, a, a vapor, live like there is no tomorrow. That's what's going on here. So now we move to the second movement, this emphatic command that builds on the first one, rejoice in the days of your youth. So obviously he's talking to young people here. Teachers are observing that uh, when we're young, that we tend not to have a good grasp on just how short life is, especially how quickly our, our youthful years will, will slip by us. In fact, the only days kids seem to count are how many days there are till Christmas, how many days till my birthday, how many days till school gets out, or some other big deal like that, right? So, well, let's be honest. We all tend to take our days for granted. And sometimes in the hardship of life, it seems long. We may recall that, that our youth is very short because we've already lived those years, so the way we view life is short is always in hindsight or if we've lost someone very, very, very close to us. So the teacher, recognizing this misfortune, he commands young people, and he says in verse 9, you who are young, be happy. Rejoice while you are young and let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. Follow the ways of your heart and whatever your eyes see. Don't postpone the enjoyment. Don't wait until you have that something else, whatever it may be. Someday when I'm on my own. Someday when I have a car. Someday when I have a girl or, or a boy in my life. Someday when I finish college. Someday, someday, someday. Whatever else it may be. All of these some days because we have a tendency to think we have this need for something else before we can be truly happy. I, boy, uh, thinking about my dating years, you know, I got married at 26, so here we go with Valerie again. And she's gone. Just remember that, okay? Don't anybody tell her anything I said, okay? Yeah. Um, anyway, you know, just, just that whole frustrating business of dating and, and, you know, the sense that you want to share life with, with somebody. And uh, one day, uh, after I, you know, I've gotten to know several girls and, and had some good experiences that way, and I just got to this place where, Yuck, this whole dating thing, somebody ultimately gets hurt no matter how hard you try. But then it was like God just gave me this divine revelation that said, learn to be content as a single person or you'll never be content as a married person. 
it was a good word for me. Because if you can't be content by yourself, you'll never be content with somebody else. Yeah. And so this whole business of needing something else, the teacher wants us to know, enjoy what you have now. Enjoy it. Start now. Okay, but now he brings it into balance in the second half of verse 9. Look at it. But know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. Oh, I hate that. How can he do that to me? He says, whatever your heart desires, whatever your heart sees, go for it, man. God, every party needs a pooper. That's why we invited you kind of thing. I just heard somebody snort. I'm a snorter. I want you to know. If you get me laughing, yeah, it's true. But this isn't what's going on here. The word to judge actually means to sift. Okay, sifting means that there are some things of value that need to be kept. There are some things that are not of value that need to be discarded. So in wisdom, he says, go for it, but avoid those things that in the end will ultimately only contribute to your or someone else's sorrow. And I need you to hold on to that word sorrow because we're going to see it in the scripture in just a moment. Avoid those things that will ultimately only contribute to yours or someone else's sorrow. And I'll never forget, as a young believer, the first time I read the book of Ecclesiastes, the Holy Spirit just caused this word to come alive in me. It just jumped off the page to where I thought to myself, this is so awesome. God says, have a good time, just don't be an idiot. That's really what's going on here. What the teacher's doing is he's contrasting responsible fun versus a license to waste what God has given to us or to exploit someone else in the process of our, our fun. So whether it's another human being or, or God himself, may our fun never be at someone else's expense and may our fun never be poor stewardship of that which God has entrusted into our care. Now, I wish I could say I'm perfected in this. I wish I could say that the moment I, I decided I better be content as a single person, that I've been content in all areas of life. I wish I could say that every decision I make has been for, for good stewardship of my time and has not been at someone else's expense. But we need to hear this again and again and again because enjoyment is a gift from God and therefore it must be managed in a God-honoring way. Hear this while you're young. Going on in this point, verse 10. So then, banish anxiety from your heart and cast off the troubles of your body for youth and vigor are meaningless. Now, I need you to notice this absolutely amazing contrast that's going on here. Okay, we started off with the word rejoice. Okay, you got that? Rejoice in the days of your youth. We, we saw that, okay? And now we come to this word banish anxiety. See that? So we can give that another R word, and that word would be reject. Okay, rejoice in the days of your youth, but reject anxiety. The word anxiety can also be translated sorrow. So get this, sorrow and rejoicing are in exact, are perfect conflicts. They're, in, they're exact opposites, okay? And so the teacher commands us to initiate rejoicing and then what does he do with sorrow? He says, banish it. 
reject it, kick it out, cut it off, literally behead it, kill it, kill sorrow. Did you hear the command? Kill sorrow from your heart. Young man, young woman, have a good time. Don't be an idiot. Have a good time and banish sorrow <laughs> along the way, which sorrow is the enemy of your enjoyment. Cool stuff, huh? Yeah, word of God. So here he says youth and vigor are, are meaningless. He isn't saying that this stage in life is some kind of like worthless period that you just have to survive, like it's some kind of waste of time. But what he's saying is the best way for you to ensure happiness throughout life is to start young. That term youth that he's using here is, is literally the dawning. Okay, it could be translated the dawning or the days of black hair. Okay, I, I, just, I just love it. You know, I've had two old friends visit me this week because that's what happens when you live in Estes Park and you have a summer here. And each one of them, you haven't changed at all. A little grayer maybe, but you haven't changed at all. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so the dawning, the days of black hair. So let me just make sure I've covered this text really well with four things I need to highlight, okay? Why are you laughing about the gray hair part? Stop that. <laughs> all right. So, just to, just to reiterate and to, to catch up on some things we may have missed. First, rejoice. Rejoice when you're young. Second, banish sorrow from your heart. Third, cast off troubles from your body. I didn't spend time on that one, but the idea here is make sure you take care of your mind and your body because it's the only one that you get. Huh? Uh, Spurgeon used to say, youthful sins lay a foundation for aged sorrows. Take care of your body. Yeah. The fourth is, all this is rooted in this initial thought that some people wait their entire lifetime in order to find some kind of enjoyment, in order to be happy, to which the teacher says, stop waiting and start grabbing a hold of it now by appreciating the simple things. Light is good. So here's a question for you. Based on your current level of enjoyment, what kind of future are you dawning now? Based on your current level of enjoyment, what kind of future are you dawning now? Because what we all need to hear is this, whatever you are now, wherever you are in life now will only accelerate as you get older unless something changes today. I think we've all heard Einstein's definition of insanity by now. It's doing the same things over and over again and expecting different results. Well, it applies here. Whatever you are right now, whether it be rejoicing or whether it be sorrow, will only accelerate with age unless something changes. Now, having said that, let me say this. This isn't intended to disqualify seasons of grieving, okay? We need to recognize that. We saw this in our study in chapter 3, that yes, there is a time for grieving. But what this is talking about is a spirit of fear that so holds people in bondage that it leads into this path of sorrow that defeats and destroy, and that, my friends, is the work of the devil, Banish 
behead sorrow. But will determination alone do it? Well, no, it won't. And that's why we need to move to this third movement of the scriptures. So we're going to move on right here. Chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Again, this command built on these. Rejoice when you are young. Reject sorrow. And now remember your creator in the days of your youth. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. It's interesting that all through the book of Ecclesiastes, the teacher has referred to God as Elohim, mighty God, this abstract mighty force that's out here somewhere. But right here, he addresses him as your creator. If you truly want to enjoy life and find any kind of satisfaction in your life, remember the one who made you and gave you this opportunity that you have right now to live. It doesn't simply mean to acknowledge that there's a God out there or that I think that there is a God somehow, somewhere, and that a God made this. Set your sights on him and to make him the center of your focus. It's, it's the idea that Jesus expressed in Matthew 6.33 where he says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. What things? All other things. The anxious things that you want in life. Those things will be added unto you as well. The Westminster Confession, the shorter description goes like this. The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Does that sound like our theme, all eyes on Jesus? Absolutely. If you've been under my teaching very long, if you ever ask me for help, you know one of my most quoted scriptures, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing. Banish it. I wish I could say I'm perfected here. I need to be reminded. I need to hear it again, right? Be anxious for nothing, but in all things, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in who? In Christ Jesus. Banish anxiety Get your eyes on Jesus. I want you to see Colossians chapter 3, uh, verse 1, which is the inspiration for all eyes on Jesus here at this church. I want you to see it here. It says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. There is your source of joy right there. Christ, right? Now watch this. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. What are the earthly things? They are the source of your sorrow. So get your mind off of the source of sorrow and onto the source of all joy and all gladness. Now you're sitting there saying that is superficial and I'm telling you, friend, that's a deception of the devil because your only hope, I don't know where it is in this Christian faith where we come to understand it's faith in Christ alone that we're saved, but then once we're saved, we think it's up to us to perfect ourselves. But the one who saved you, well, Colossians 1 verse 6, right? Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to perfection. Yeah, I, I'm going to take just a little extra time here, sorry. You're, I used to do prison ministry and I liked it because I always had a captive audience. You can leave anytime you want.
He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the moon and stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He's working on me. Really ought to be a sign upon my heart. Don't judge me yet, there's an unfinished part. But I'll be perfect just according to his plan, fashioned by the master's loving hand. Cause he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the moon and stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me of his word the reflections that i see they make me wonder why he never gave up on me but i'll be perfect according to his plan i'm fashioned by the master's loving hand because he's still working on me to make me what i ought to be it took him just a week to make the moon and stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me. 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 Look at how low this guitar is. Does that tell you how big the guy who plays this thing is? Man, that's like dwarf on guitar. I don't even know where I am here. I've got to be somewhere. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. It's really a picture of give God your strongest days. Give God your best days. Oh, in sharing my faith, I don't know how many times I've had people say to me, someday I'll get serious about God, but right now I just have too much life to be lived. And basically what they're saying is that God is a cosmic killjoy, and the moment you surrender to him, you might as well uh, sign up for a monastery where you go along singing, hi, God is the source of all joy. And remember, it's the devil who said to Eve, God only told you not to eat that fruit because he knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you'll be like him. It's like God is withholding some of the pleasure of life from you, but the, the scriptures want us to know God has a great plan for your life and joy begins with him. Remember your creator now. And now he's going to walk through this picture of, of old age here. So some of you are going to really relate to this. <laughs> I'd love to point you out, but uh, you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> okay? Now, don't anybody be mean. There's no nudging here on this one, all right? This is, this is so out of our control, right? So remember your creator in the days of your youth before, and I want you to notice verse 1 
of, of chapter 12 has the word before. Verse 2 has the word before. Verse 6 has the word before. And every time you see that word, remember your creator in the days of your youth. You put that sentence there, right? Okay. Now, this, this whole age thing. Now, first, let's say, okay, you can be really mean here, <laughs> but all of us are growing older, okay? And there are some real benefits to growing older. However, there comes a point in old age when you realize, oh my goodness, I'm suddenly inept in some things that were once very simple, okay? And I hope the people chuckling are the ones who are experiencing this, okay? But he wants us to realize, you're going to be there before you know it. And so I'll need to, you know, if you're here, be encouraged because you're not alone, that's what he's saying right here. The path you're walking, someone has walked that path before you. So if you're needing help with some of the very basic things in life, it's okay. You're normal. It's the normal course of a broken world, fallen planet. So here we go. Before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you say, I find no pleasure in them. So here's Solomon. He forgot God his whole life, and now in his old age, he's remembering, and he's saying, I wish I would have started this earlier. Verse 2, before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain. Oh my, another dreary day in this old body. Goes on, verse 3, when the keepers of the house tremble, that's your hands and your arms that you use to defend yourself. It could inc include your feet. And, and you, you get the shakes, and you're like, what's wrong with me? And right here in Scripture, it just says it's part of the deal. When the grinders cease because they are few, what is that? You got it. And those looking through the windows grow dim. What is that? Yeah, you got it. When the doors to the streets are closed and the sound of grinding Fades. That could be the woman's grinding wheel fades. What is that? Yeah, yeah. yeah, ears. That's right. When people, man, all the old folks are right with me on this one. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't know who's with me on this one. <laughs> Throw the rotten tomatoes now, will you? When people rise at the sound of birds, now nobody's going to respond. Oh, I'm sorry. That was an idle word. Lord, I rebuke that word in Jesus' name. When people rise up at the sound of birds, but all their songs grow faint. Uh, there's a couple of possibilities there. That second statement partly could be that the, the one who used to sing well no longer sings well. But definitely what we see here is the ability to hear, that we have this dilemma. How is it that we can barely hear the birds chirping, but they sure can wake us up in the morning? Huh? Yeah, that's a sign of... You're getting there. I'm not going to say old age. I said it. Ah! When I was a kid, I lived in three houses in Tucson. Every one of them, I mean, you could draw a line from our last house to the landing strip at Davis Monthan Air Force Base. And I'm telling you, B-52s, F-16s, I mean, you could look up and you could see into the wheel bays of these things. And when I was a teenager, I could sleep right through that stuff. F-16s, oh my goodness. You think a B-52 rattles a house. An F-16, oh my goodness. But now I go and visit my mom and those little morning doves on the telephone wire. They wake me up. 
Can't hardly hear the birds, but they sure wake you up in the morning. Going on, when people are afraid of heights and of dangers in the streets. So you don't want to climb ladders in, anymore, and you just assume stay home because it's a whole lot safer. See, so, yeah. When the almond tree blossoms, any idea what that is? The almond tree was kind of a picture of a head. And the almond trees, they, they bloom white flowers. So it's gray hair. None of which I have any of, by the way. And the grasshopper drags itself along. Fascinating statement. A grasshopper is a symbol of agility. And you were once the symbol of agility, but now at this point in life, you're dragging yourself along. Interesting. Moving slowly. And desire is no longer stirred. Um, the Hebrew word there is, is actually caperberry. Capers, you think about capers, because capers were thought to stimulate your appetite. And it's saying the caperberries no longer have effect on your body. And it could have to do with sexual desire. I, I missed one here about the slumping. Where was that? I skipped something. Oh, well, you see it there. It's all the same. Then the people go to their eternal home, and mourners go to the street. Paid mourners go into the street. Verse 6, remember him before the silver cord is severed. It's a picture of an oil lamp that's hanging by a, a cord, and the cord has gotten old and snapped, and thus the lamp's fallen to the ground, and the oil's been spilled, okay? That's what's going on here. Now we see a picture of water, which is a primary sustenance for life, because they had to haul water. They didn't have plumbing like we have. It says, uh, and the golden bowl is, is broken before the pitcher is shattered, broken, at the spring and the wheel, think about a, a, a turning crank on a well or a wheel that turns the water up. It's broken, 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 broken. Old age, the rough part of old age. And dust returns to the, the ground it came from and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Notice creation is reversed here because God first took the dust and created the man and then he breathed his spirit into him. And right here, what do we see? that we return to the dust and our spirit returns to God. And then, then the book closes essentially right here, even though he has some more thoughts for next week. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Everything is meaningless. When we're young, we have the sense that we're immortal. We make fun of old people. We think that we'll never get there. And we tend to take our youth for granted. The teacher says, this is vain thinking. It's empty thinking. It's a mist and a vapor. Life is passing quickly. Don't waste a moment of it. Use it all well and remember the one who made you in the process. But we also need to know, the teacher had a very limited perspective on life. Because to him, death was final. And what he didn't realize was that death wasn't part of God's plan for man. That death was a consequence of something. That God's plan for man was life. And it always is life. It always will be life. And he, he doesn't want to banish us to the kind of pain that we have. But he didn't want to create robots either. And therefore, he gave us free will. And in that free will, we have separated ourselves from God. But the good news is that Jesus said, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but shall have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world 
but to save the world through him. My friends, the Christian message isn't a message of sin and death. We already know that. We're already experiencing that. The Christian message is a message of life and light that can only come from God. And so Jesus said at communion, this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus said, remember, lo, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And we come together to remember, to be reminded. I forget. Does anybody else forget? And we need to be reminded. Life is brief, but there's an eternal hope for all of us. And then we think about remembering Jesus' promise of his coming. The author of Hebrews writes these words. Let us hold unswervingly to. Let us remember the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Rejoice in your youth. Reject sorrow. Remember your creator. That's the word of God. Oh God, we have to confess to forgetting. I have to confess to forgetting. I have to for- confess to forgetting you. I want to repent of forgetting you. I have to confess to forgetting the brevity of this life that you've given me. Sometimes I bemoan groan, express frustration because the days seem long and hard. Oh Lord, open my eyes to make each day matter for you. Thank you, Lord, for the hope of eternal life. Thank you for the reality that this life is a mess, but this life is a temporary place. And that there's a better day for those who are putting their trust in you. And thank you that your plan for us is life and peace and blessing. Thank you for the way you're redeeming people back into that life and to that light. Lord, I just have a hunch today there's somebody here who's remembering. And it's been a long time since they remembered. And I just want to speak life into their souls. I speak the life of your spirit as they're putting faith in Christ, repenting and coming home to light, out of darkness into light. I pray that you'll cause that to just grow in them until it springs forth a well of life and light for your glory. Thank you in Jesus' name, amen.